Hey guys, this is John Sutton, and you're listening to Rabbitohs Radio. Rabbitohs Radio is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, the Juniors Group of Clubs, NG Farrell Real Estate, Rise Foundation Australia, and Burke Street Bakery. Rabbitohs Radio podcast, Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, me phone was running hot there for a while, but... Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Dan Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. How are we all? Mate, we're good. Beautiful. Good, good mate. Just uh, just want to give a quick mention to all the dads out there. It was Father's Day on Sunday, and we forgot to mention it on the last show. So yep. happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope you enjoyed the day. I know we did. Yeah, for sure. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Happy Father's Day to Reg Chapel, my dad. Yep, yep. Dickie Maven. I rang him up there. He's up at Port Douglas. And I had a good day myself down with me family, me daughters at One Drop Brewery and Botany. Nice beers down there. Well, I was actually up the juniors. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Having some yum cha in the Chinese restaurant with the family. Happy Father's Day to uh, Big Lezza, Les Brown. How was it, mate? Because the juniors are a sponsor of the show. Mate, it was beautiful. Packed. I had the book. Oh, the food sure. was unbelievable. They've taken, we've discussed it before on the show. It's uh, a new new chef there. Treasures, it's called now. Treasures. Treasures yeah. at the Juniors. So there you go. You can vouch for it. It was great. Yeah, oh, great I tried food. that one. I'll have to get up there. What's on the show, chaps? We've got Rabbitohs news. We're going to recap that game against the Storm last week. Interview with Jack Johns. Remembering a Rabbitoh, Lummy, Kev Longbottom, a, a, a very storied player of the club. Legend. Preview that Tigers game this Thursday. We've also got Rabbitoh of the Week, boys. Big show. Let's go. Let's rip in. The shout-outs are brought to you by Export Freight Systems. Okay, first of all, it's Are You OK Day on Thursday? And it's a great cause, that. Very important. Rise Foundation Australia is a sponsor of the show, and they work with suicide prevention and mental health. And so, yeah, look, if you're struggling, talk to someone, talk to a mate, ask him if he's OK. It's very important when you ask them if they're OK, if they come back to you and say they're not, You've got to know what to say to them as well. So be prepared for that answer. Yeah, uh, make sure you listen. Yeah, Certainly. definitely. Yep. And Perry Keys, the great musician from Redfern, whose song, The Day Sattler Broke His Jewel, we've used a lot on the show. We spoke to him last week, and he gave us permission to use all of his songs on the show. And I forgot to mention it last week. You would have heard a bit of it last week, and you'll be hearing it through the show this week. So, Perry, thanks for that, mate. He's a fabulous guy and... Great musician. Great musician. Amazing music singer-songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Also, thanks to Michael Andrews. We did our game day live at the Juniors and he came up and gave us a chat. We really need to get him on the show because he was an interesting guy. Told us about you know, his, where he came from and his love of playing for the Rabbitohs and about his family, how he had five daughters. Uh-huh. And he, they kept trying till they had a boy. And then he said... Me and the missus thought, well, that's not enough. We'll have another one. We had another girl. <laughs> Former captain of the Mighty Rabbitohs as well. Not many people know that. Yep. Oh, he was a great middleman. He's a legend. His late 80s, early 90s teams. He, he was just a tackling machine, boys. Yep, he was. So it was a good night. Uh, thanks to Rod Maybon for coming up there. There was also Daryl Neville, Tucker Coleman, and the two Adams, Adam yep. Maddow and Adam Wilksey. Dennis, yeah. Dennis Donahue, boys. Yeah, Dennis Donahue. Donahue so. Champion fellas. Scotty what? Singles. Big singles. names are up there. Oh, Scotty loves it. He's a big fan of the show, Scotty. Yeah, it was a great night. And uh, make sure you're available on our next one, which is the game against the Roosters. Final round of the season. Final Regular round. season round. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. I think it's the 25th of September. Is that right? Correct. Okay. I've got something right. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Jew, mate. Yeah. Uh, speaking of former players, uh, so all the former players out there, make sure you're a member of the SPA. If you're not, um, get in contact with Steve McDermott. There'll be a link on our website. And because you get two free tickets to every home game. 
Now, they're great suits. We went out there last week, didn't we, Mova? Yep. Just make sure you give us your email, pass it on to Steve McDermott, and we just want the former players to support each other and stay together. And also, there was only 4,500 fans, I think, at that last home game. And so you can still go to the footy with COVID restrictions. So we'd like to see a big turnout next home game when we play the Doggies. The Men of League Rugby League Weekly Draw winner this week was Gavin G from the Newtown Jets. He's a match day volunteer, so a worthy winner. He wins 2000 for a $2 ticket. Oh, so wow. it's a good value, supporting a great charity that helps everyone in the rugby league community. Mm, like you said, Mavo, it's a weekly draw too. It's not a one-off draw, it's a weekly draw, and they've had some good winners. And Gavin G, a Newtown volunteer. So, Go the blue bags, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, And if you want to know how to buy those tickets, we'll put a post on the episode webpage. Brownie, a bit of sad news. Two weeks in a row, boys. Condolences to the Voss family. Now, Darren, who we mentioned on the show a few weeks ago, lost his battle with cancer last week. Darren played 55 lower-grade games for the Rabbitohs, and he was a a good player as well. So I just want to read a a little message that Brent Hill uh, sent me about Darren, and it's with incredible sadness I need to let you know that Tragically, Darren lost his battle with cancer, passing away early this morning. This was, I got this message last week. Nothing in the world meant more to Darren than his family, and I know your thoughts and condolences are with Tanya, Zara, Chloe and Ashton, as well as Rudy, Ruth and Megan. Darren was loved by us all and has had a positive influence on everyone he ever met. We lost one of the good guys today. However, we're all blessed for having known him. R.I.P. mate. Yeah, it's sad. I, I crossed uh, Darren's path uh, in the early 90s when I was at the Rabbitohs playing. Um, he was in the lower grades. And back then, remember, Mavo, there was, you used to train with first, second and third grade. There was yep. probably 55, 60 players playing, um, probably 65 players training on Redfern Oval at any one time, you know what I mean? So mm. so that that was that were the good days when you, you got to know all the players in all three grades and Darren was a good fellow and as you just heard he was a great family man and he'll be sadly missed. Yeah, it's a terrible sad story. I read some of the tributes and um a lot of the old players um held him in high regard and all all said what a top bloke and you're going to be sorely missed yeah taken way too soon just a young man in the prime of his life with a family so yeah cancer such a terrible disease chaps you've got to share that for us as well I do Uh, my auntie lives up there on the border of New South Wales and Queensland and she often goes down for a coffee at the Greenmount kiosk and apparently the bloke who runs it he's south mad Nathan Irvine now he grew up down in Lurline Street Lurline Bay Maroubra so, um, heart of Rabbitohs territory, and he reckons a lot of South fans go down there. They make a great cup of tea down there, great cappuccinos. Uh, I encourage all South fans after a win or a loss, go down and have a coffee down there at Greenmount Kiosk and uh, chew the fat. I'm a, sure Nathan's got plenty to say about the game. Mention the podcast, and he might give you a bit of a discount. Oh, yeah, we've posted. There you go. We've posted that photo on the episode webpage. But yeah, Greenmount's one of the greatest places in the world isn't it when that oh. wave's breaking off the headland there chaps well, the have great surf and break there yeah yeah you better surf there obviously oh plenty of surfs there yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a great spot up there I remember we used to go up there for a few footy trips away up there Tweed Heads yeah you can play up in that area no doubt about it well you used to be able to play okay. up like a second hand victor up there <laughs> alright let's move on to the Rabbitohs news brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs first off we have Adam Reynolds our great captain he won the Sports Dad of the Year Award and he graciously donated the $5,000 to the charity Save Our Sons. What a champion. Yeah, he's a great family man, uh, Reno, and a deserving winner. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, for sure. I watched an interview on Channel 9, uh, their footy show on Sunday, and uh, yeah, it sounded like it was a cause close to his heart. Okay, so just quickly, an opposing podcast during the week interviewed Latrell Mitchell, which was great. But they came out and claimed that it was the first interview with Latrell Mitchell for 2020, and it obviously wasn't because, as listeners to the show will know, we interviewed him in July. So this podcast there claimed to be the oldest newspaper in Australia where they're just a website started in 2014, and we get it, it's satire, but we just 
took offence to the fact that they made a claim that was false. It's fake news. And we called them out on it. And instead of them replying, they just pretended we didn't exist. Well, so, that's what they're about. They're about fake news, and that's what it was. That's, let's move on. I didn't know about the Rabbitohs radio, but, you know, hey, now you do, Batuta. So, yeah. that's uh, it. Listen in. Hope you're listening right now. Yeah, well, our fans out there know who got the first interview. That's right. So do the Rabbitohs. We got the big and, boy. We and, put him in form, actually. And, and as soon as the interview, we came good right. after that. And thanks to those people that <laughs> spoke about it, that they really enjoyed our interview with Luttrell and that it was the first one and that they weren't. The Keyboard Warriors. Keyboard Warriors. Well, Keyboard Warriors came in defence for us. Defend for us. Sir. Good on you. Thanks for backing us up. Uh, the injury list. Now, we're recording this show Tuesday morning. We don't know the teams yet, but Keon copped a knock, heavy knock that saw him come from the field. He only played limited minutes, so he's got to be in some doubt today in the, when the teams are named. Well, you think you think so, boys. Yeah, I mean, we got only, what, 10 or 12 minutes out of him. He... He did a hit up off the kickoff. I think we kicked it to go a goal to go up 16-10, right? And first hit up, he did a nice big hit up. All the Melbourne Storm players released and someone stripped him. And then he ran off the line to make up for the error and knocked himself out. Mm. And uh, we never seen him again, so... Really knocked our interchange about a little bit, didn't it? Did, L- yeah. Losing Keon early. I mean, the GOAT was good. Mark Nichols played outstanding. Yeah, and so did Liam good. Knight. But um, Paddy Maga didn't get a lot of minutes and Keon played small minutes, so it was a bit... Bit of a funny one there, boys. I suppose the loss of Adam Reynolds sort of threw a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons. Lost him for 15 minutes, had to um, do Ciro, a bit of... Ciro sp- jumped in. Yeah, Ciro jumped in and did a good job too. Yeah. But I think Liam Knight went off and then a few minutes later when uh, Adam Reynolds had to come off, unfortunately, surprisingly, um, they chucked him straight back on. So it would have thrown, thrown their interchange out a little bit there. Mm. Dane Gagai uh, due back this week. Chaps? Yeah, I did the Zoom press conference yesterday and Ciro indicated that he trained really well and he's looking to tick a few more boxes before Thursday night, but he'll look to take his place in, in the 17. And, and Damien Cook said he's someone we've really missed, his energy coming out of our own end and uh, his experience, boys. Mm, just a few other injuries. Jack Johns, who we got on uh, later in the show, he's due back in round 19 and we'll get an update uh, when we speak to him. Harmo Sully, James Roberts are due back for the final, so a couple of weeks away. And Ethan Lowe, Tom McMone, Braden Burns and Latrell Mitchell are all season-ending injuries. We've got a few players due back over the next few weeks. Yeah, there's a couple of the red pen for them for the season, but hey, you never know. Imagine Jimmy the Jet comes back far and week one of the finals and, and makes a big difference. It's a, gr- it's a growing injury list, but we just got to get it done with who we've got. And they, they have been doing the job too, the players that have been coming in. And we mentioned it on last week's show, all the players have taken the opportunity when they've been given the chance. Definitely. Okay, boys, we're going to put this one up on the hoist. We're going to recap this loss against the Storm, 22-16, to 16, last Friday night. Boys, um, look, it was a pretty solid first half. Um, in particular, that first 20 minutes, I thought our middle forwards... Junior Totola, Tom Burgess, Cam Murray really dominated that um, middle middle third of the field, boys. Mate, I, I thought our first half was outstanding. I, we absolutely bashed them in defence. We did. And Melbourne had nothing. They they had no answers for us. Even though we went into the break at 14-10 or 14-12, I think it was, they scored that, that try late. Melbourne weren't in the game. And that was off the back of a, another great completion rate. And some great performers, like you just said. I thought Damien Cook was outstanding in the first half. and He was. He was back to his normal self. We played well, but the way the game ended was horrible. It was hard to watch. It was devastating, really, because we really needed to win that game and stamp our authority. But when it mattered most, our completion rate started to drop, and those errors cost us. And you can't do that against a quality side like that. Pappenhausen oh, killed us. He played well. I thought, I thought Hughes was, was, was good for them. Not not yeah. only with the ball, but defensively. Well, he Come up with the, some really big moments. Though. Saved about four tries, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Especially uh, that one on AJ down that left edge in the second half. and One on Ciro in that first sort of mm-hmm. softening up period, that first yeah. 10 or 15 minutes, a real try you, saver on the line. You just spoke about the second half, Mavo. Our, our completion rate in the first 20 minutes of the second half was 44%. And mm-hmm. basically that's where we lost the game. And... 
I think our completion rate overall was only around the 65%. And mm. we speak about it every week. I harp on it every week. Yeah, I know. You know, you've got to be up around that 80, 90%. I think, I, I think Melbourne were 85%. Yeah, you, you know, you, you've, got to be, you've got to be matching that with them. And luck didn't go our way. Like the one just before half time that Leon Knight put down, it was unlucky. It was at his feet and he really shouldn't have been thrown to him. So that cost us because they scored that try. A few things that also didn't go our way that Cam Smith pass looked to be forward at one stage Tino Fumasawali however you say it he picked up Nichols got him above vertical it should have been a penalty it was there for all to see we didn't get the penalty then we turned the ball over and then they scored again so it wasn't our night a few decisions didn't go our way a few drop balls but we really needed to win that game like I said just on that Cam Smith flat part oh I mean it was flat at best you know depending where you were standing it was probably forward but at the end of the day, you you got to defend those errors. But that was six sets of six in a row we defended, and that was tackle five. Mm. All we had to do was just somehow put him on the deck or hold him up. And, and I'm telling you, I reckon that was a turning point. We would have won, went on and won that game. Yeah, definitely. Because that was, what, 16-10 at that stage? Mm. Our defence on the line, they were getting frustrated. I mm. think Cam Smith almost looked up to kick for goal. Mm. Um, there was a previous penalty. They had two, two or three penalties prior to that yeah. at one stage he was going to look up and almost kick for goal there and they were down by six which is very un- un-Melbourne Storm-like mm. the second half was, even though our, it was a poor performance in the second half and, and that's where we lost the game we still had a couple of opportunities that we didn't take down that right edge I think Paulo the ball went behind him you know you've got to, you've got to hit their marks it's uh, it's important that you take them opportunities and like we just discussed before the AJ one down that left edge. I thought he was in for all money. I thought he was going to score for sure. Where did he come from? That I mean, he, he was there. He cut he cut the space out. And, and really... that's what Master should have done in the first half on the Fox. He should have went at him mm. instead. He just hesitated that little inch. And we've seen AJ score those tries so many oh. times. Not ninety nine times out of a hundred. We thought, oh, here we go. That's it. And and he got him. Yeah. So he had a bit of line to work with, and it didn't happen. So yeah, that's another bit of devastation and. And also, we mentioned before, Keon getting knocked out. He's been giving us that impact off the bench, and so we missed him. Mm. And, and just based on the press conference, boys, that they know where they went wrong. I'm sure you'll see a better performance this week. Well, they do. We sp- I actually asked Cookie that question in the press conference and said the completion rate was down, and they, they're well aware of it. They know. But sometimes holding the ball is easier said than done. Well, you know. like I've said before, I got told once by the great Phil Gould, Rugby league's a simple game, but it's hard to play. Yeah, well, we made it hard for ourselves. But I suppose um, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about the bone-crunching defence of a bloke who's really emerging. And he'll play State of Origin this year, boys. Jaden Sewer, he'll play for Queensland. That defence was... They were looking up at him. He put three or four shots on the... Nearly the biggest hits of the year by any player. Mm. Unbelievable. He's uh, going unreal. It's so good to see. He's been an enforcer for us just when we needed it. On he, on he's on the on one side and Bailey on the other. His defence is unbelievable as well. But just two different styles of player. But yes, yeah, Sewer. What about the two in two tackles? One he flogged Pappenhausen, got up. They f- sent the ball over where he was standing, Sewer, and then then he hit um hit the next bloke, mm. flattened him as well. Oh, that was probably one of the best defensive efforts I've seen uh, by a team in the first half. And uh, we've got to repeat that next week, boys. And. Uh, Good luck to the team. So that's enough for that game. Uh, we'll chalk off to a break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Pay the rent for vacant space. The day half spent. I saw your face Nicotine Ten dollar note The clock tower's high The street rolls by If you were a kite you'd fly If you were the sun you'd ride Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got rookie back rower, Rabbitoh number 1160, Jack Johns. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. 
No worries, mate. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Mate, I was, um, well, I was born in Newcastle, but I was cooked the old man, started working at Channel 9 pretty early in the 2000s. I pretty much grew up on Sydney's northern beaches, um, me and Cooper. So um, we lived there pretty much our whole schooling. We went to school at uh, St. Augustine's across the road there from Brookie Oval our whole time growing up. And then um, just just as I hit 20s, I um, got a call from Alex McKinnon and spent two years up there up at Newcastle and then after that stint came um, last year 2019 to the Rabbitohs which I've, I've loved at the time here so far yeah Mate you, you had a little stint in the UK as well uh, did you come back yeah, with a we, po- Pommy accent? Uh, mum and dad reckon I had a little bit of a truly accent uh, for about six months over there I was about four years old but um, yeah <laughs> that, the old man's got plenty of mates over there still Yeah mate I, I was over there at the same time playing uh, for Salford and I, I got a couple of boys around your age as well, mate, and uh, they de- they definitely come back with the uh, English accent. I was over there a little bit longer than you guys, but I was there for three right. years. So, oh yeah. What NRL team did you support growing up, mate? Looks like you moved around a little bit there. Uh, uh, I I always supported the Knights growing up. I, uh, I stayed pretty strong with the Knights, and then Cooper, my brother, actually supported the Storm, but that was only if they were up at half time. <laughs> well, you probably didn't have much choice to support the Knights, being the son of Matty Johns and the. No, nah, I'd always, I always loved you know, growing up and living in Newcastle. Like, um, well, not really growing up, but just being born there and that. I always just supported the Knights and always had a connection with them, so I always just supported them growing up. You know. Yeah, and well, I was just going to say, you're the son of the great Matty Johns and the nephew of the eighth model, Andrew <laughs> Joey Johns. So that is, uh, it's understandable. And so you were born two weeks after the '97. Famous Knights Grand Final win. Did your dad? Yeah, actually, did your dad actually make it to the birth after the parties? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I've been told, he was there. He was there, but the, the days following, he was coming back and forth, bringing pizzas around, and yeah, he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Having a few moments himself, I think. Mate, did, did he buy you some Lego? No, he didn't. No, <laughs> I, I don't. Not that I know of. I was never really big on Lego growing up. So. That was a bit of a, a, bit of a surprise, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because obviously your dad was famous for saying, it's better than Lego winning the grand final. Yeah. So pretty funny, eh? Footage only came out about three years ago. We only, only time we've ever seen it, really. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got uh, there. So you said you were on the up at Manly, and so I think you played for the Peninsula Seagulls under Brownie's old teammate, Craig Gower. Yeah. yeah I, um, well, I was, in the, I was in the Manly system, but I got cut up before Christmas just after I finished my HSC and then um, I was just sort of working at the beach club down there at Collaroy and then Craig Gow was down there with a few lads and they were having a few beers and he told me to come down and I wasn't even sure if I was going to kick on from there I wasn't really sure I was going to uni and that so um, he came down and said have a crack and I was, had, had a game fullback for him and then ended up playing 5-8 for him for the rest of the year so and then from there I got a call from Alex McKinnon so yeah it was good Gowie would have uh, he would have taught you how to celebrate a win. Oh, he certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's open, open wise up. Nah, he's a good man, Gowie, and uh, you probably would have learned a lot off him as well, mate. He was a yeah, he was a great a great player and a tough competitor. Him and Scotty Pesterbridge were the two coaches, and um, the chairman of the club was Big Gaz and Pesterbridge. Yeah, Big Gaz. Yeah, yeah. No, Petha is a good bloke as well. Yeah, Hicks, he, Spider would have been around there somewhere. From time to time, Spider was around. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. Your mum Trish has Italian heritage, I believe. Have you been to yeah. Italy? Have you been to Italy, or and can you speak any of the language? Mum and Dad have. I haven't. I haven't been to Italy. I actually picked up when we were on camp. I actually picked up a fair bit. But my uh, my nan and pop passed away um, a year apart from each other in like around 2007. So I never really. So that was like a hard, it was like, I was about nine or 10. So it was kind of hard for me to sort of pick up that sort of stuff at that age. So was, all my cousins always uh, do plenty of stuff for to me and Cooper always when we have family events and that. But yeah, me and Cooper sort of struggled to have that connection a bit with the Italian side. So it was good to, it was good to go to that, um, that World Cup in 2017. Like even though it was a disappointing World Cup for me, it, it was good. Like, uh, like heritage wise going back and looking at the past and, uh, we we did, had a lot of discussion about our ancestors and that sort of stuff, so it was unreal. Well, it's one country I'd love to go to, and I think most Aussies would. My daughter's, yeah, my, my daughter's been there. She went to the Amalfi Coast. It looked amazing. So, uh, yeah, just Italian food and, you know, the people, the beautiful places to go. So, Ciao, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned that World Cup. 
So that was in 2017 against Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So you have played international footy. What are your memories yeah, of that? I, you had a bit of bad luck, did you? Yeah, it was good. I had a really, uh, to be honest, I had a fair bit of bad luck, but it was, you know, I loved the time on it. I'd do it again in a heartbeat, to be honest. The um, the, the boys really uh, looked after me. I was 19 and played our first trial against Tonga, and we had a pretty good game, and then we had a bit, we celebrated a bit after that, and then we had a couple of couple of weeks of long training and then we end up heading up to Cairns and playing against Ireland in the first match and in captain's run they Terry Campini tears his calf and they end up putting me at halfback and it just turned to a bit of a 42 degree day and that's turned to a bit of a shit fight for us and they end up breaking the arm as well so it, it wasn't the best day for me but end up, they end up welcoming me back into camp a week later down in Canberra and uh, yeah it was alright it was good I really enjoyed my time with camp well, Great experience mate uh, learning how to prepare for them international games and and playing with some great players and, and also training with the elite players uh, along the way? Yeah, it was unreal. It was really good. Uh, the boys really looked after me too. I was only 19 at the time, so I really appreciated that from them. It was unreal. Just quick, mate, before we get you to your debut, um, how, how did you end up at South, mate? How did that come about? I got contacted um, mid-year in 2018. So I was sort of in and out of the cup side, and they want, they wanted to see if I'd come up and um, be a part of their part-time squad up in Sydney. But I ended up saying no to that because I just I uh, wanted to stay loyal with the Knights for a year and then I wasn't like wasn't really sure what the plan was for the back end of the year but then ended up getting a few more games and back in that year and then they, they when sort of the Knights said that there probably wasn't um, space for me next year the um, the offer was still on the table so I ended up doing a, a pre-season under, half under Steve's half under Wayne <laughs> that that pre-season so it was pretty um, yeah it was unreal I, I can't thank the club enough Mate, talking to Wayne, how do you find Wayne? He, we've had a lot of players on, mate, and uh, they say he's more than just a coach. He, he's a father figure towards all the players. Yeah, he's a good fellow, Wayne. He's um typical Jack Gibson sort of style coach. He likes to keep the boys happy, and he's um yeah he's, he's, he might put on that persona as a bit of an angry man, but um, no, nah, he's, a, he's a good fellow, Wayne. Uh, we love him. Now, you've obviously been there around 18 months, and... You got a chance to debut against the Raiders in round eleven, mate. Tell us about how the week transpired, mate. Yeah, it was um, it was a bit of back and forth. So I wasn't sure, but it was pretty funny actually. The um, so I was eighth man the week before, and then, and then there was of course there was a week against the Knights where there was that many injuries. I think Lowy, Jimmy, and that were all out, and I was thinking oh, I might be a chance here. So then I, when I rocked up on on Tuesday morning before they announced the team, I had pretty much, I had pretty much half the boys bumping me, telling me on the end. Like, so I wasn't sure how to take it. I wasn't sure really how to. I had Cody grabbing me, I had Cookie grabbing me, bumping me, I had Renault grabbing me, grabbing me, like, mm. telling me, like, not telling me what I mean, but I mean, oh, they, they're just sort of hinting at me. I'm going, oh, okay. When they were announcing the team, Wayne definitely left, just to keep me on the edge of my seat, left me till last. So, yeah, it was, like, it was unreal. <laughs> yeah, mate, well, we, we got the mail, so uh, we ring. We sort of like messaged your dad straight away to get your number, and we're going to get you straight on. But he said, oh, mate, can you just leave it till he's after he's played? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you want to get too nervous. <laughs> yeah. And then on the game, you got onto the field finally. Congratulations. Rabbitoh number yeah. 11, 1160. And you ran into Big Papa straight away. Yeah, I was told by Wayne for the game. I was probably going to go on with about 20 minutes left in the game. But then, of course, injury struck. And then they ended up chucking me in pretty early. So it was, it was unreal. That's probably the way. I would, that's probably the perfect way to do it, too. Because I would have loved I, I'm not really the type of bloke that likes playing short minutes. I love playing big minutes. So. Yeah, it was unreal. Running straight into Papali. It was pretty funny. I just, yeah, I just got behind the ruck ball real quick. I didn't even, I ran into pretty kooky as well, so you could tell I was running straight at Big Papi. <laughs> nah, it was unreal. Like, it was a really great experience, to be honest. And, and credit to him, actually. After the game, he, when we were shaking hands, he said a couple of nice words to me, congratulating me on my debut. So he's, he's clearly a good fella and, and a good leader up there at Canberra, off Josh Papali. Oh, he's one of the greats, and it was like a welcome to first grade running into that. Big fella yeah. full flights. So yeah, no, it was good. You went good, you went good, mate. We thought you went well. Mate, it must have been a, a proud moment for your mum and dad. Yeah, yeah, it was proud. They were, um, they were at the game. There were a few of my mates in the in the box being quite loose, I believe. But um, <laughs> As yeah. you do. So they were pretty nervous for them. I was actually, I wasn't that nervous, to be honest, but they were, um, I could tell from the footage playing back that they were, they were quite nervous for me. So. I was going to say yeah. that. They had, Foxtel had the cameras on them and, you know, I was I felt a bit sorry for your mum and dad because they just wanted to watch their son and the, you know people they're putting them on show. But uh, yeah, you all got through it and 
It all worked out well. And also your brother debuted just while we're talking about debuts. So that must have been a – it's been a good year for the the Johns family. Yeah, it's been a good – it's been a year. It's been quite uh, strange for most people. It's been a pretty good year for us. It's been um, – the Cooper debut, and I'm so proud of him. He's, um, Cooper's worked very hard himself. He's, um, he went straight out of high school and went straight down to the storm system when he was 18. So, you know, skipped school. He skipped his um, – Skipped his school formal and went straight down there and did a Melbourne Storm Army camp. So Cooper's, um, yeah, he, he's definitely deserved uh, he deserved his debut. It's been three years in the making for Coop. Yeah, he's living the dream. Like you said, he was a Storm fan, playing for the Storm under Bellyache. Well, it will depend. If, <laughs> depends uh, what the score was at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. And your dad's made mention of that. You, you both yourself under Wayne Bennett and, and your brother under Bellyache. He's in good hands yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. That's something that we can hold forever, man. Cooper, we can tell people that we'll debut by a um, couple of the great great coaches of the game. So, yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. Jack, you mentioned uh, before it's been a, a strange year. How are you handling the bubble and all these COVID restrictions? I'm doing all right. I'm still living with mum and dad, so I'm I'm doing just I'm doing pretty well with it. I'm doing I'm not doing as tough as some others, you know. I know there's some boys that are living by themselves in the apartment over towards the city way and. I just feel for those boys because every day it's a hard struggle for a few of those lads just because you can't go out and and um, even go down to the beach and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's a bit of a struggle for those fellas, but um, they always kind of credit to them all, especially some of the boys that aren't playing, you know. Credit to them, they come in every day and try their hardest. And um, the boys, um, they deserve a really good, really big rap for that, especially at the end of the year. I hope, um, I hope it gets a good mention how hard some of the boys, especially the ones that haven't played, have worked in the year that's really given them not much. Yeah, it's tough when there's no lower grade games, and and especially the Warriors too. What, what they've done for the for the league and the competition. Yeah, definitely. The, you got to feel for the Warriors. You know, it does put everything into perspective, doesn't it? How long some of them have uh, stayed away from from their families. Um, you know, the whole league goes on so much this year. Yeah, that try they scored it was one of the best tries you've ever seen. They they threw it around. That- they throw the ball around them boys. Yeah, the Chanel Tavares um, Paris try that two after Sheck set up. That was unreal. Yeah, yes, exactly. Typical Warriors, isn't it? Yeah. It's been one of the worst years ever. No one will dispute that. But you've played two games of first grade, so there you go. No, it's not all bad. And we'll talk about your second <laughs> game. You came off the bench. We are at the game against the Bronx, and you've got the win. So that's a bit. You're, yeah. you're 50% in your career. <laughs> Outstanding. I'll take it. Yeah. And, so and, you, and you got to sing the victory song, mate. You know it? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, certainly. We, we sang it all last year in the in the Canterbury Cup. We had we had a pretty fun year last year. So it was, um, yeah, it's unreal. It's, it's and now that man. we're all around the bar <laughs> and the captain <laughs> declares it. Of yeah, we love it here on Rabbitohs Radio. That's they sing it a bit quicker these days than it's changed, when, yeah. when we used to sing it. Well, <laughs> they usually bring in the Eskies. The Eskies as the song is getting rolled out. So the boys are trying to speed it up so they can get straight, straight to the... Uh, well, let's hope you get to sing that song plenty more times in the future, mate. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. We might as well check in on your injury status, mate. You, you, you had some surgery on your finger, is that right, mate? Tell us how, tell us how it all happened. No, no, I just tackled one of the boys at training. and um, I think it was three, would have been two or three Wednesdays ago, and buddy, my finger come out of my index finger, my um, the top of the bone come straight out of the straight out of the skin. So oh. the compound dislocation was. So a quick little surgery on it, and um, I'm back into contact. I've done everything so far this week. So did a full session yesterday, and I'm pushing hard to try and um, try and get a game again this year. If not, it's been a great year so far. So I really enjoyed it. So, so you'll be fit, ready to to go this week if selected, mate, or you've got another week on the sidelines. They'd be pushing it this week, I think. But um, if they need me, I'd be I'd be 100 ready to play. Yeah. So you're available, but you're, and you're still in the bubble, but just, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've been on the Matty Johns podcast in lockdown with the family. What's that been like? Yeah, no, it's, been, um, it's been something different, to be honest. I, I'm not really a uh, – I wouldn't exactly call myself the, the biggest talker of the family, although some of the South boys might, might um, argue that. But in my family, I'm probably the least talk, talkative one. Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's been uh, something that um, we've all really enjoyed. <laughs> Matthew certainly enjoyed it. He's um, he's getting us all around, booking it every week. So 
yeah, I've, I've, it's been very interesting, to be honest. It's, it's really shown, um, I think Cooper's got a real good future. I think Cooper's really uh, exploded with it. He's got a really good future in, um, in media because I think that's what he wants to do after his career. Yeah, with all the characters are coming out in the family. We obviously know your your father's character. We listened to him on the radio for years and the television. But it's great to to hear mum and uh, you and your brother come out, mate. And he's a character, your brother. He's yeah, he's, he's a bit left field, isn't he? Oh, he's very left field. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have been recording at home, is that right? Yeah, we've been recording at home. Just been recording at home. And you're still yeah. going to be doing that um, going forward, mate. Yeah, I think we are. I think we're. Gonna, I think we've. I think the old man said we're. We've planned to do it for the rest of the year with um, with whoever the platform are. So, yeah, we'll see how long it lasts until they start turning on us, the fans, and then um, then we'll probably stop with it. <laughs> you got you got fans all around the world, similar to Rabbitohs Radio podcast here. They love us, they hate us, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're the, we're the same. <laughs> but mate, it's a, it's actually a it's interesting hearing the dynamic between you and your mum and your dad. What's What's he like, your dad at home? Everyone knows Maddie Johns on TV. Does he does he get around doing a bit of Red Reagan or, you know, what sort nah, of a, nah. what's he like as a dad? Was, was Father's Day on Sunday? No, yeah, he's always been a great dad. He's uh, he's always been the typical one to take the piss out of himself and have a laugh, always as a father. But um, there's a side of him that people don't see. Like uh, he can he can give a good spray when he needs to. So don't don't worry about discipline in his family. <laughs> Well, mate, we're indebted to him on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast because he gave us a shout-out very early in the piece, and that really did announce us to the rugby league world. So we <laughs> can only the great great things about your dad. Oh, cheers, fellas. Cheers. <laughs> mate, um, what does Jack Johns do outside of footy? Obviously, you can't do a great deal at the moment, but just say yeah. uh, we're not in COVID, but you're not in a bubble. What do you like doing, mate? I'm generally down at the beach a fair bit with all my mates. Um and a, well, a lot of my mates are still playing footy and playing club rugby, so we always get down there on the weekends and we always go down to support, support the fellas. We've got a tight-knit group of mates here on the northern beaches I grew up with, so we all, we all have um, we all just hang out and, and the boys are all surfing and that as well. So we all, and they've got their contests down at the beach, so we always just gather around and um, go and support each other. They're actually, they're actually quite menacing on the sidelines, actually. So they've actually got a bit of a... Uncle Joey's not a bad surfer. He's a very good surfer, actually. I surfed with him down there at Wanda last week. Mate, do you, yeah. have you taken up surfing? Is, is that right? Yeah, I have here and there. I um, few, of my, uh, few of my mates have got with a real, uh, unreal surfer. So last few years I've been trying to get into it. And um, hopefully this summer I'm going to try and really punch, punch some weeks out. Heading up, I might be travelling up, up and down the coast and with a few lads and just see how we go, you know. Nothing better, mate. Nothing better. Oh, our, our host here, Grant Chapel, he'd have a nice, couple of nice spots for you up the coast, <laughs> oh, chaps. Oh, Uncle Joey will know, mate. You just ring up him. He'll know. <laughs> yeah. It, mate, he'd be surprised. He likes to keep it to himself, the way he cuts off blokes. <laughs> he keep... He's a mad drop-in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just before we uh, let you go, you mentioned Joey. He is the eighth immortal. He's one of the greats. Has he helped you in your career at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's always offered me and Cooper plenty of advice going up. But he's been pretty similar to Dad, as in um, they both just sort of let us run our own race a bit, and they just said, "Look, just listen to your coaches; they'll know the best thing to do." And they, they'd rather be, you know, they'd rather be Dad, Dad or Uncle than than uh, than you know, giving too much advice and just worrying about that. Like the last thing we really talk about football between us all, we uh, mainly just talk about just pretty much our nights out, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> we uh, we uh, now nah, we all get along real well and. Um, when we do talk about football, it's, it's very brief. Uh, it's good, mate. You've got a great supportive family there, mate. All right, Jack, thanks for your time here on Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Thanks, fellas. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. That was a great chat with Jack Johns, boys. Yeah, great young fella and done the tough yards. He's been around a little bit, you know, up to Newcastle and played in the local comp over there at Manly. Yeah, good, good young fella and... He's got a big career ahead of him. I'm glad we got him on because, like you said, Brownie, in the interview, we tried to get him around his debut, but we just gave him a bit of time. And, yeah, he's debuted for the Rabbitohs. Got a good story, good family, interesting guy. So thanks for that, Jack. There's a red light flashing Up the cutter on crown Beside the river of light we're almost drowned Up the Baptist Street 
fortune's flame is fair By my shallow breathing I've been a careless man I burnt down both sides I burnt down both sides I burnt down both sides Rain's coming down Rain's coming down Okay, welcome back. Now we've got Remembering a Rabbitoh. Thank you very much, Mova. Indeed we do, mate. We would just like to thank Rabbitohs historian Brad Ryder for helping us out each week with our Remembering a Rabbitoh segment. A very famous name. Kevin Lummy Longbottom. Rabbitoh number 485. A South Junior. Played for La Perouse, And also played... A lot of football for Kenzo United. I've heard stories about him kicking goals at training barefoot as a 14-year-old from halfway, boys. Yeah, I can uh, confirm that. My dad actually played with Lummy and he said the same thing. Barefoot. There was one day at the Sydney Sports Ground. I think they were playing against North Sydney. He kicked the goal from halfway, led 2-0. And uh, they ended up getting beat. Mark Harris, the big Mark Harris, scored three tries. They got beat 9-2. But... And that was the old lever footy too. So it wasn't these easy to kick balls now. No. That's right. Anyway, he played for the Mighty Rabbitohs. 134 games between 61 and 69. 27 tries, 134 goals. Yeah, so we mentioned it when we did Eric Sims on the show that him and Lummy would work in tandem. So Lummy would take the long shots for goal, Eric Sims the shorter one. So a lethal combination of gun goal kickers there. Now Lummy was a big-hearted South fullback. One of the biggest goal kickers in every sense of the word the game has ever seen, boys. Now Longbottom kicked three towering long-range goals in a 12-8 loss to St George in that famous 1965 grand final. The first one... Early in the game, 50 metres. Second one from 60. And the third one from 55 metres, boys. Wow. Unreal. Just, you, don't um, see it, you don't see it today, do you? Toe poking. Well, I mean, they don't, they're 50 out there having a crack, aren't they? They're not, they're not worrying about the goal, are they? Mm. But I suppose back then it was the un, unlimited tackle rule tool. Mm. So they just, they just keep getting up there and go, all right, Lummy, let's go. Let's go. Any penalty, it was just, let's go. Take the easy too. Yeah, for sure. And he also took part in that win over Canterbury two years later, boys. Kicked a goal in that game. Obviously alongside the great Eric Sims. And he remained a crowd favourite for a very, very long time among South fans, boys. Now, in 1964, he was playing against Balmain at Redfern Oval. With a stiff breeze at his back, they got a penalty 25 metres out. Guess what? Lummy stepped up. I'll have a crack. Kicked it from 75 yards out. Straight between the post. Can you imagine that? It ended yeah. up in Great Buckingham Street. <laughs> <laughs> and the following year against the Roosters, he kicked something very similar. He would enter South folklore forever. Now, my next-door neighbour, Bobcat, I thought I'd ask him about that because Bobcat's a bit younger than him, obviously, but he would have remembered him playing. He said, well, when he went to play for Kenzo United... He went and um, lived with a family at Maroubra. And Bobcat's auntie used to live next door. And they used to have a little kick around with Lummy. And it took four kids. So Lummy had kicked the ball. Then one kid would kick it to another kid. Another kid would kick it to another kid. And then again, before the ball would get back to Lummy. That's how far <laughs> he used to kick it. They needed four kids to kick it back to him. Four cents back, four They used to one. do it in the street, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the great Bobcat. Shout out to the great Bobcat. And also I spoke to Dick Maven dad about his what his memories are of, of Lummy and he said he remembers a week it was pouring rain all week and they called all the games off except for South V Power at the old sports ground anyway he said the game was tight and Lummy kicked one goal and South won 2-0 so he always remembered that and it was the old leather footy it was hard to kick so it would have been hard to get it off the ground and he's kicked the goal to win South the game there's another story of um, in the pouring rain, thick mud, he kicked one from the sideline 45 metres out as well. Mm. 
with a heavy, wet football. Like you, you said, know. back in the day, the grounds are not like they are today. The snooker tables that we play on today, they were all quagmires, weren't they? Mm. It was mud, it was heavy, and, and the balls weighed a ton. Oh, they sure did. Would have broke your toe. The long bottom name is famous in South Sydney folklore, boys. There's been plenty of them play, grade football and first grade. There was Albert, Bruce, George, Steve, and of course, Lummy. Well, mentioning Bruce Longbottom, I spoke to him about Lummy and he told me a story about the Northwest tour that he was on with Lummy. And they were talking to a, one of the kids from the opposition and he looked at Lummy and he said, Gee, you're huge. He said, What position do you play? And he said, Well, you tell me. He said, I don't know, second row of the grandstand, you're too big to play footy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, but he's a, he was a fullback, big Lummy, wasn't he, chaps? Yeah, and he, he, was, he was a great player, mate. There's, um, been many tributes to him um, over the years and there was a tribute online from his nephew Steve Longbottom who works at the juniors group of clubs to this day and helps us out on our our game day live shows yeah he's a manager up there yep shout out to you Steve good bloke now he said his uncle he said of his uncle I'm proud of him that to this day people still comment on his achievements as a player and as a person Whenever I get introduced to anyone, they always ask me, are you related to the great Lummy from the South Glory days of the 60s and 70s? And I respond, I sure am, with a small choke in the back of my throat every time. My son Jamie was born the year my uncle passed away and was given Kevin as his middle name. He also can't believe it when introduced to people and they always ask him, are you related to Lummy? So our family... A very proud and also very, very loyal South Sydney supporters. Great tribute, boys. From Steve. Yeah, it is yeah. a great tribute, yep. And I know Jamie pretty well. He's a great touch football player in his own right. Went on to a very big rep, rep honours, Jamie. Fit as a fiddle. Um, bit of a surfer too, boys. Now, unfortunately, Lummy passed away from liver disease and diabetes. January 13th, 1986, aged... Tragically, 45 years and 21 days old. So Yeah, that's way too young. And he, he's done it all. Like, I mean, anyone I spoke to had great stories about him. Like, we, could go on, we could do a whole episode on, on Lummy, to be yeah. honest. You know, there's a golf crowd. caddy, golf caddy, and, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I was, was going to say that. He was a great golfer and caddied for, on the professional tour with blokes like Roger Davis and Bruce Devlin. Yeah. I'd like to have got him on Mavaz Golf Blog for a... I bet chatting and watching and, um, watch his swing. When he when he did retire, he drove a beer delivery truck for Ron Coote, delivering all the local pubs and clubs. And I'm sure he stopped in for a beer on delivery. Why not? What a great job that would have been, eh? Hey? A lot of the old South players used to have a beer delivery truck, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, we spoke to Cole Whelan, didn't we? And he said that yeah. they, they yeah. delivered to the pub that he was working at in North Sydney. <laughs> yeah, Paulie right. Sait. Paulie Sait. See, it all ties in all our shows. Different stories. They're connecting up. Yeah. Crowd favourite, Lummy. Oh, for yeah, sure. And good men. And I was going to say, Bruce mentioned that Northwest tour earlier, and I went on the Northwest tour twice with Lummy, and I just remember him being this friendly, fantastic guy, sitting up the back of the bus, sharing stories with us, and just, yeah, tremendous guy, very humble, and looked after the young lads. Yeah. Um, like I said before, a crowd favourite, because back in the day, there, there were some games that there was no try scored, and Lummy would have scored all the points with the goals. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he would have won him a lot of games. That's right. Well, like I said, me, me old man remembers that game from the late 60s. That's like 40, 50 years ago. That's right. Won him, won him the game with one goal. That's well, it. Well, the 75 metre goal, that's just... You, you'll <laughs> never see that again. You'll never, we, ever see that again. Wish we had that footage. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and back in the day at Redfern Oval, there used to be kids waiting outside the ground to get the ball. My old man was one of them. He used to tell me. When they kick the goal, grab it and see you later. Yep. I'm off up the Great Buckingham Street with yep. the ball. Yeah, Buddy Kane did that at the SCG. Yeah, well, there you go. Yep. He would have got a few off our lummy, I reckon, your That's dad. That's it. <laughs> okay, let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Not by King's Cross Station. I have no destination. Surrounded by temptation. No sign of salvation 
I saw your nana with your little girl Singing she's a queen of everyone's heart She said she's gonna be just like her mom NRL News brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate. Okay, boys, we're going to look at the table. Um, it's the first time in many, many years that the top eight, all the teams are on different points. So they've all got their own position for one to eight. Now, the Panthers are steaming along in front on 31 points with only one loss to their name. We're on 20 points in seventh position. The Sharks bring up the top eight on 18. And the team that we're playing on the weekend, the Tigers, are on 14 points. So they're not out of it, the Tigers. Mathematically, they can still make it. They've got a tough draw in. Um, But importantly, um, we need to win on the weekend to kick clear of them. And the battle for the wooden spoon is also out of the... Looks like it's going to be the Bulldogs and the Broncos. They're uh, only separated by a, a one win. But that's sort of... Beside the point, yeah, like I said, Brandy, the Tigers are desperate. They're two wins out of the eighth position. So they would fancy themselves to, if they win every game, have a few results go their way, to force their way in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that top five, um, well, the top four is still not sorted yet. You've obviously got the Raiders that still got a still got a chance to get in there and get in front. But the Roosters for and against is pretty superior. But, um, look, you never know. The Eels... Um, aren't travelling traveling too well. So maybe the Raiders could jump in and grab that Eels top four spot, boys. And it looks like that we're, our top four chances are over now because of that loss. So what we really need to do now is finish either fifth or sixth to secure a home final. Oh, that's, that's doable, boys. Don't worry about that. We've, got, we've just got to get back on the horse uh, in the next couple of weeks. They're winnable yeah. games. Well, yeah, definitely. Right. Win them and win, it, win them easy. You know, get it, get a few points in the board, keep boosting up that for and against, and uh, we, we've got a hell of a for and against. Well, yeah, well, that's right. And we, that's right. And we play the Tigers and then the Bulldogs. So and two, then the Roosters, big chance we can win three in a row. Three in a row. I like it. I like the talk. Well, we will talk about the Chad Townsend hit, boys. What about that one? What were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean... A bit unlucky, I thought. It was a bit silly, though. He'd come flying out of the line, cocked his arm thinking? for a shoulder charge, and jumped off the ground. Why didn't he just get his head out of the way, hit him with his shoulder, a conventional tackle, would have flogged him. What was he thinking? Yeah, it didn't look good. Now he's going to miss three weeks, and, and he's a bit of a key cog in that lineup. He's a real steady halfback. Yeah, he's paid the price. Yeah, a bit, a bit harsh, I, I thought. Um, I don't think it was as bad as what it looked, really. I mean, he cocked his shoulder. It was a definite shoulder charge. I don't think it was a send-off offence. Do you see three weeks in it? He didn't attack the head. I've seen worse. Uh, maybe a week or, you know, or a send-off was probably enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was it, the biggest loss, you know. You it know. looked worse. Caelan Ponga went flying. He, he could have just got him off balance. If you've got one leg in the air, you can push someone over with one finger. You know what I yeah. mean? So, look, a bit harsh, I thought, but three weeks he's got, and that's probably that's nearly their season done, I'd say. Mm. Well, it didn't look good. It was described as a low act in the media. But then Chad came out and defended it, saying, look, he was just trying to lift his team. He got it wrong, though. But like you said, send-off in three weeks is pretty harsh for something where the guy didn't even get injured. And they've also lost uh, Wade Graham as well. So they've got two important and key players out over the next few weeks. Wade Graham's very key for that, Bob. Now, the other big news is Anthony Griffin signed on for a two-year deal with the Dragons. Um, there's been a bit of to and fro in the media between, you probably would have seen it, the Sydney Morning Herald journalist and Channel 9 against News Corp. It's um, exploded in the last couple of days. Um, I think it was Andrew Webster and Danny Wadler wrote some articles about, they just did a bit of research and found out what sort of coach he was at Penrith and they wrote their opinion saying that, well, look, from all reports, he, um, he wasn't a great communicator and a few different things and it was just their opinion. Mm. And then News Corp have come out and, and said, you've got an agenda against Anthony Griffin. And they've had, they've had a campaign to push for him to get a starting role for a while because he's on their books mm. at Fox Sports, you know what I mean? So Phil Gould weighed in on it and, and said, you know, they've had an agenda against me for 25 years. You know, what else has changed? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're the two biggest, I guess, journalists in rugby league for a long, long time. Yeah, I, I, re- I read that article, yeah. Chaps, and uh, there was reports that he was offside with all his staff out at Penrith. 
and some of the senior players. That's why he got the punt. But in saying that, he's got a 55% winning record in seven seasons as head coach, and I dare say that's why uh, the Dragons have signed him. Yep. He, he gets results. It all went a bit sour there towards the end of his tenure. So I always find it interesting that a coach that's been sacked gets another job somewhere else. So he's got a lot to prove, to say the least, Anthony Griffin. And uh, as far as a commentator goes, I don't know if that was his go. I don't know if you heard him doing his stuff. Yeah, oh, I mean... But, you know, it's... He might have needed to warm into the task, just like we have here on Rabbit yeah, Radio Podcast. I thought he was he's very um, very professional in, in what he what he says and he knows his stuff and you think what's happening at the Panthers now didn't happen overnight. No. So he's put a lot of things in place with what is happening now at the Panthers and that's bringing all them young kids through. And I don't think they wanted a rookie coach. They had an opportunity to have rookie coaches. They've had them on the books for for a while. They could have had a succession plan like they've had our own Jason Dimitri on the books, boys. Don't forget mm. that. If they wanted him, they could have had him. Mm. But I've got no problem with the appointment. I think a, a veteran coach has worked in the past. Um, Wayne Bennett down there at St. George, Illawarra. But I, my biggest problem is um, News Limited being hypocritical and saying that another newspaper's got an agenda. Mm. No one's had more agendas in rugby league mm. history than News Corp. Mm. That's my problem. Well, yeah, they, sad chaps. They've got a Liberal Party agenda, haven't they? So anyway, that's another story. Also, Joy Arrow's mullet. Has made the news, and he's. I love the mullet. Yeah. I don't want to butt in there, but geez, I love the mullet. A lot of people are saying when you come down here, shave it off. No, I keep it. I love yeah. it. But well, you, there's a reason. Maybe I'll explain. Yeah, well, he there's said, a reason. I want to keep the mullet because he's doing the world's greatest shave, and it's to raise money for the Leukemia Foundation. Apparently, Arrow has raised about two thousand five hundred from his five thousand dollar goal, and he's raising money for his mum, who was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And wanted to raise money for that. So, yeah, that, I can understand why. He's, it's something close to his heart. Yeah, good on him. That's a bloody good reason to keep it, boys. It is a good reason. Uh, I don't know if I could sport a mullet. I'd have to find some other cause to raise money. But if it was something like that, yeah, I, I, maybe I would. Yeah, mullets, mows, beards. Um, leave me out. Yep. You like uh, a shave, don't you, Brown? You like having a good shave? Yeah, well, I, like a, I like a radical haircut, mate. I mean, the bloke I was working with it up until 6 o'clock this morning, boys, he was pretty big on the mullet. Bundy? Les Bundy Davidson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough one as they come. Famous mullets. Who else is famous for the mullet? Joe Dirt, I suppose. Joe <laughs> Dirt, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of, plenty of good mullets. No out one there, comes boys. to mind. No one comes to mind. Yeah. Maybe you can hit us up on our socials, tag some famous mullets so we can put a few pictures up there. Put some pictures up. If you've got one and you're listening to this, send it through, preferably in your red and green finery. And you might get Rabbit O of the Week. Exactly. And we're going to For do, your mullet. And we're going to announce a new Rabbit O of the Week shortly. And before we go, we're going to mention that Warriors try. I've seen the replay a couple of times. It's one of the greatest tries you'll ever see. Wow. And we've been pumping up the Warriors, and they deserve the praise because of the sacrifices they've made. But that was some try. But they were bagging the bunker for taking so long to award. Oh, they were looking for every angle to disallow. Just given the trials enormous. Yeah. How can you take it off them? Yep. Yep. Nah. So I know they've got to do the right thing, but... Yeah. Like you said, they, they took ages. But like they said, at one stage the ref was standing there and he said, play on, right? So the refs already said, play on to the first bit. So they didn't need to go back and, and look they, at and all that. And they looked at that, that area where the ref said, play on. It was a forward. They were looking for the, They can't judge on the forward pass anyway. Can't rule on it. So Sometimes you just got to let the skip fans... Skip over that. Let the fans have the moment. Jesus, you know. What, what a try. Right now, boys, that's it for NRL News. We might look at previewing that Tigers game this Thursday night, 7.50... Bank West Stadium. Bit of a short turnaround. Six-day turnaround, boys. Um, gags. Possible inclusion. Now, just to let the listeners know, we're recording this midday on Tuesday. Teams aren't out yet, but um, I suppose we could discuss that. Gags would be a very important inclusion. Scored a hat-trick against the Tigers on that right side last time we played them in that famous game. Very heated, that game. Don't forget, was it Josh Reynolds came through and booted Alex Johnson in the head. Our man, Latrell Mitchell, resented it, got up and put a bit of a biff on him and shoved a bit of a push and shove and got suspended, boys, both of them. Yeah, chaps, I want you to put the coach's hat on. Where would you fit gags into the side? Well, I mean, you can't fold anyone's effort in that side in the last few weeks, especially um, against the Storm. that They never stopped putting in, but I guess it would have to be someone on that right side. They did leak two tries in the first half, I suppose... I don't know, Matt. Maybe maybe Paulo misses out. 
Paulo misses out. He's been up a few weeks. He's only a young fella. Might be time to rest, rest, rest him up for a few weeks, freshen him up, and put Gags on the right wing, boys. The last couple of weeks, Gags has been named, and Masters was on the extended bench. So I That's can't, true, yeah. I can't see why they're going to change anything. I just think it's Masters straight swap for Gags in the centres. Yeah, but that's the other option. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they yeah, do. Yeah, I'm with you, chaps. I think he's two performances back to back. Even though he, he let that try in with Fox, apart from that little error, he was outstanding in defence. I thought he, you know, he was he really was. aggressive. He was. He's a strong player. Yeah. He, he's got uh, in attack. He he was really good at the line. He was, he was sort of like punching through the the yep. holes. And he needs footy. Mm. And unfortunately, if he gets left out, he can't go back to the Canterbury Cup. So. This is the dilemma that's facing these fringe players. Mm. So we spoke about it before. West Tigers, the season's on the line. We can end their season on Thursday night in the Battle of Bank West. So, yeah, get out there and support the team if you can. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you've seen that game against Manly um, with the Tigers on the weekend, boys. They were, they were dead and buried with 12, 13 minutes to go. Guess who they put in to lock forward? Harry Grant, champion. Game turned on its head. Him in a playmaking role, unbelievable. Well, we asked Damien Cook that in the press conference, and he did mention Grant as the player to watch for them. Yeah, no, you player. guys, you guys have got big reps on him. They've got nothing to lose. Uh, they, they've got to win every, every game to make the eight, and they've got a they've got a tough draw. I think they've got Melbourne and the Roosters after this. So, but the the reason why I think they're going to be hard to beat is because every player is on notice, and Madge Maguire has indicated that players are going to role next year they're, they're, they're going to be leaving the club and you want to prove to your coach that you're worthy of having in his plans for well, 2021 Elijah Taylor was told yesterday you're not welcome here next year you're welcome to look around and, and move on so guys like that are going to be going gangbusters to try and get the W boys yeah no doubt about it mm. yep. and like they came back against Manly like you said they played well but we smashed Manly mm. so so if you read that form in, we should take care of Tigers on Thursday night. So let's have a look at the predictions. Chaps, I'm going to guess that you think you think we're going to have a big win. Well, you wouldn't believe it, boys. I reckon we're going to have a big win and by more than 24. I'm going to say 40 points to 8, boys. Comprehensive wow. victory by the mighty South Sydney <laughs> Rabbitohs. 32 plus. Well, I'm just going to say I'll be happy as long as we win. I'm going to go south by six again. I think if we put a performance in like we have been doing over the last few weeks, except for that second half last week, I think we'll come out convincing winners. We need to. We, you know, a couple of games away from the semi-finals, we've got to really start to take some good form in, which we had prior to the second half last week. And I think we'll win 13-plus without a doubt. Yeah, I'm going to do a same game multi, boys, myself, and I think I'll put Alex Johnson in there to score a try. Ciro, he'll score a try too, boys, and I'm going to have Gags to score a try. And South 13+, plus, that'll be me same game multi. Is this mail from Gerard Condon? No, no, not, not mail from Gerard, mate. Read no, the play. This is, um, this is the mail from a bloke who's had two hours sleep. <laughs> Reviewed the game last night, was on night shift, doing the job, but um, still pretty confident. I, I come out of that game... This morning, watching it, thinking I think we went a lot better than I thought on the Friday night. You know, once I once the loss settled in my head, I, I don't think we went that bad, boys. Oh, we no, we, we hold that ball. We hold that oh. ball eighty percent. I think we win by a couple of tries. Yeah, it's we we say it every week, boys. It's you got to hold the ball to to win games, especially the way the games played today. And, and team like going forward, you know, the, the team to knock off the Roosters, I reckon, and Panthers. We come out and bash the Roosters like that. We're a chance of knocking them off too, going oh. into the semi-finals, boys. Don't worry about that. They're a couple of weeks away, chaps. Settle down. That's all right. 100%. The Roosters. Let's move on to Rabbit of the Week, brought to you by Burke Street Bakery. And this week it is Botaf for saying that it's the best pie shop he's ever been to. Love the pies. We spoke about him last week. Yeah, big thanks to Chaps. He took him down there. Yep. Yep. He's a cousin of Blake Taff, the Rabbitoh, um, in the... He's he's not in the quite in the bubble at the moment, but but he's um he'll be jumping in that thirty man squad next year. Oh, he's a good player. Mm. A very good player. So Demi Maven was rabbit over the week last week and she went in and got a an almond milk coffee and went, Wow, how good is this coffee? 
And you're an almond milk man too, chaps. Yeah, mate. I love a. I'm going to get one on my way back to Matraville, the main streets of Matraville. Just to wake yourself up after this. Yeah. Feeling pretty ordinary, boys. Yep. And also, Burke Street Bakery have released their own homemade tomato sauce. We've put a photo of that on the webpage. I actually grabbed the bottle the other day, and it's really nice. Just that extra bit of flavour from sauce rather than just buying the the two three dollar one from the supermarket well, tomato sauce homemade you can't beat it boys everything in that store is quality you walk in there you walk out with something quality mm, definitely it's all great ingredients mm. yes finest ingredients Burke Street Bakery there's 14 stores across Sydney and Bo you have won a free coffee voucher for a month at any of those 14 stores he's got a few nicknames his name's Bo Tappy Lad Tappy so uh, shout out to you Tappy mm. Uh, boys, just uh, on Burke Street Bakery, one of our valued sponsors. Just want to thank all our sponsors, our valued sponsors, uh, being on board since day one. NG Farrow Real Estate, the Rise Foundation, Export Freight Systems, the Juniors, Burke Street Bakery. Yes, they've all helped us out. We wouldn't be able to give you this show without them. Their support has been sensational and we hope you just come back with us next year. For 2021, where we're going to get bigger and better. We're nothing without sponsors. And also, listeners, we're nothing without the listeners and the sponsors. And don't forget, we're looking for a sponsor for the segment of Remembering a Rabbitoh. Yes, we are. We're open for suggestions. And like you said, chaps, the listeners, you people listening now, if you've made it to the end of the show, we know you're a loyal listener. You stick with us. And we are indebted to you for helping us out and spreading the word. Matter, maybe jump on board. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Adam Matter from Matter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was a good player. I spoke to him about it the other night. He played in the 1990 Jersey Fleet side with another rabbit of the week, Jeffrey Ducker. And yeah, he was a great player. Blew his knee out, unfortunately. But he's a loyal listener, too. I know he'll be listening now. Yeah. Loves the game. They're Matter legends. Them two to... Adams yeah. and Wilksy. Oh, yes, they yeah. are. Very passionate South fans. Good to watch the game with them. And I listen to their passion. They love Mark Nichols. They're big fans of him, yep. as we are here on Rabbitohs Radio. All right, Movo, take us out, mate. Go the rabbits. Up the mighty Rabbitohs. Go the rabbits. Rabbitohs Radio is hosted by Grant Chappell, Darren Brown, and me, Steve Maven, and is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, The Juniors, NG Farah, Rise Foundation, and Burke Street Bakery. For more information on this episode, Click the episode webpage in the show notes and please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also like you to follow our Rabbitohs Radio Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube channel. We'll be back next week with another episode and up the mighty Rabbitohs. Hey, hey.